It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. On a Saturday morning, 33 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing whatever you do or want to do or want to avoid maybe <laughs> in your landscape with your lawn, your flowers, your trees, your indoor plants, shrubbery. Everything's green if it's not or not green during the wintertime. But if you have a question about any plant or planting practice or what you ought to be doing right now or just anything in the out of doors, other than killing Bambi and catching little, uh, you know, little fishes outside. O'Neill has taken care of that very nicely this morning. But if you have a question about other parts of the outdoors, you can give me a call at 404-872-0750. 404-872-0750 gets you in to get your question answered, and you can be about your business. Airline pilots in or going down or. I guess flight attendants would be going, coming in or going down. Doctors, PAs, I've talked to all sorts of people who say, yeah, I listen to you going to work or coming home from work on a Saturday. I get that 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock segment or something like that. And so I'm, I'm aware that there are lots of people out there who have late-night jobs returning home or who are sometimes like me saying, mm, i got to wake up. i got to wake up. I'm doing surgery <laughs> in an hour. If so if you have a question, again, 404-872-0750. I frankly have not done much in the gardening world this past week. The uh, uh, plants are outside. seems to be taking care of themselves. And the plants that are inside, I watered once. I put some ice cubes. You remember me talking about this a couple of weeks ago? I uh, got this from my friend Shirley Smith, who had these gorgeous orchids in her sunroom, and I asked her how she cared for them, and she says the key is ice cubes. So what she does was she'd mix up some uh, miracle Grow in a gallon milk jug and fill up a couple of uh, ice cube trays. And she would take those ice cube trays, put them in the freezer, of course, and when it came time, once about once a week, she says, I take two ice cubes out of my ice cube tray, and I put them on each one of the orchids in my sunroom. And they were gorgeous, just gorgeous orchids. So this past week, I put a couple of ice cubes on one orchid that I have, plus the Meyer lemon tree, plus the Christmas cactus, plus what else did I have? Some, oh, the, the um, little bitty plant, little aloe plant that I have over in the corner. So I've been using the ice cube method of fertilizing and watering my plants, and that is about all the gardening I did this week. Cold, wah! snowy, icy, and all sorts of things. So proud of Ashley Frasca, who is the traffic lady de jour on Wednesday. I was down at my mom in Fayette County, and we are watching the news as we usually do, having lunch. And uh, Ashley just popped up on the screen doing the traffic, and I thought, Mama, that's my friend Ashley right there. And my mama said, okay. <laughs> Which, for her and her limited vocabulary at this stage in her life, that's a pretty good, pretty good response. She sh thought Ashley did great. I should have had a signal say, when I go on the air, I'll wink twice, and that's for your mom. <laughs> that would have pleased her no end. That's a, next time, next time we have all this icy, snowy weather, we'll do that and get a little conversation going with winks and blinks and smiles and grins and things like that. It's great to be here this Saturday morning. Again, 404-872-0750. we got Nicole from Griffin, Georgia. Nicole, hey, good morning. Mr. Reeves. Ms. Nicole, it's great to talk to you again. 
Ashley is my TV star. Yeah, 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 yeah. Do you sort of look for her and think that, oh, that's Ashley right there? Yes. <laughs> of course. I ask her if she needs a new wardrobe when she got on TV. Oh, yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. She it's comes in world, dressed real it? fancy sometimes when she has to do it on Saturday morning. So what's on your mind today, Nicole? Well, I want to talk about nail and toilet. Nails and toilets, not generally associated with uh, gardening, but I'm sure you have a, a link somewhere. <laughs> what? When I was kid, my father and mother, they get sick of us sometime, and yeah. they go go sit in the barn and and straighten up some nails. They didn't lose anything. I mean, nail was re reusable, you know. That is so funny that you and I have exactly the same experience doing that. Because my father, we um, had chicken houses there, and on the back side of the chicken house, when winter came, when cold weather approached, my dad would take nails and nail up these boards that would cover the back side of the chicken house to keep the air from flowing through and you know, freezing the chickens. And that was exactly what we would do, was he would say, let's go straighten some nails. And you know what that means. It means an hour later, we'd be using those straightened nails to put those boards on the chicken house, just like you. Well, there weren't good nail in those days anyway. <laughs> but anyway, I, um, you know what I do when I plant some seeds? I need to remember where, where the seed and everything. So I take some, uh, I go to the uh, flea market and buy a big box of uh, mixed dishes. Yeah. They stay in the ground, you know, and I don't pay much for it. But this year, I couldn't find a box to save my life. Why? You know wait, what I wait, did? wait, wait, wait. What do you do with the dishes? I don't understand. Well, I put them around where I plant some seeds. Oh, so I can okay. I can know. Dishes always stay in the ground, sure. you know. They don't get hurt by being outside? No. They'll just break some time. But, uh, but anyway, this, this year, I couldn't find anything. So I saw an old toilet alongside the road. I said, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring this toilet and take my uh, frustration on it. I broke it off, think I got 50,000 pieces, right. and it's still good. <laughs> you put little pieces of ceramic toilet around your seeds. Well, yes, you have to reuse stuff, you know. Everybody's <laughs> doing stuff, so that's what I'm doing. It looks good because it's white. Nobody knows it's a toilet, uh. and it lasts forever. Well, I guess. <laughs> That's a good idea. I have to reuse everything uh, twice, you know. I had a toilet one time that would be a candidate for your garden. It was a toilet that sadly um, had involved my son <laughs> in an accident or I don't know what you'd call it in my neighborhood. But when my son was about nine or ten, I guess, and his friend Mason across the street, best friend Mason, both of them had heard me talking about, and this is the bad thing, this is where I was a bad parent, they'd heard me talking about having bought some waterproof firecrackers. Okay, the two of them were discussing this in private, and I wasn't even home that day. But uh, Mason said, I wonder if they're really waterproof, if they'll blow up underneath water. And my son said, I don't know, let's go get some and try. And so here's a 10-year-old and 11-year-old going down to the basement, knowing where I keep a couple of fireworks and bottle rockets for big occasions, and they got two or three of the waterproof firecrackers. Somehow, I'm not, e I'm not even sure what happened, but they went up to Mason's uh, bedroom area and where his uh, bathroom was at his house across the street. Somehow, one of those firecrackers got lit and somehow got thrown into the toilet and the lever pulled. And somehow the sides of the toilet went plow! Like oh, and no kidding! Blew the base of the toilet apart. At which point they 
you know, the better part of of whatever intelligence got the best of them, and they said, we got to put it back together, so they went and got some Elmer's glue. And they tried to, to-, oh. to glue the toilet back together, and they had it together, had tape around it, and everything was fine, but of course it's not going to do a permanent seal there, and so it started leaking around the edges after a day or two of use. And uh, Mason's sister, Chris, who also had a bathroom up there, said, Mason, quit using my bathroom. And he said, I can't use mine because my toilet leaks. And so Chris told her dad, and her dad said, what's wrong with your toilet, Mason? And Mason had to come clean and say, well, we threw a firecracker down the toilet. And this was, oh, it was three or four days maybe after it had happened. And so Gus called me and said, Walter. We need to have a conversation about our sons. And so, indeed, we went and had a little conversation together as grown-ups and decided what we are going to do. And then we called the boys and had them sort of recreate what had happened. And then the boys, of course, had to go work and earn money to pay for the carpet in the bathroom, pay for a new toilet, pay for a plumber to put it in. Both of them had jobs all summer long paying for that toilet. Oh, boy, Dick can think of all the unthinkable, <laughs> is he? And you never did that, never, ever, Nicole? You never did something that you, oh, like, your parents... like you wouldn't believe, because I was stuck with brother all around me, and I'm... I'm <laughs> so you did what the brothers do. If they said climb the tree and jump out, Nicole was up the tree jumping out. Yes, because we are so dumb. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. Hey, oh yeah. What was the worst thing you did as a child? What is something that you think, boy, that was Marie, stupid? You know, uh, we had some uh, old uh, hmm, wheels, yeah, and two wheels in the front, two wheels in the back, and one piece of wood in the middle. <laughs> and we go down the hill with this, <laughs> and one of us go in the front and try to steal the heck out of it, you know? Uh-huh. Oh, boy. I mean, we didn't kill ourselves. It was just a miracle. Just a miracle. I wouldn't have a friend named Nicole. I would you to be somewhere buried in Canada somewhere. <laughs> uh, good <laughs> I'm old scared. days. Actually, huh? I'm looking over here at Scott Maxson and I'm sort of thinking, I better not ask Scott what was the dumbest thing he ever did Oh, as a child. you must have a lot of them. Ashley, now Ashley, on the other hand, just she was in here uh, spending the night in a hotel, and yeah. so they told her that if she wanted to, she could buy a beer on the on the company's tab. And she said, "I thought about getting that beer and putting it in my room and being a real rebel, but I decided not to." <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, good Ashley. Ashley, she is a good goody two shoes. Scott. Eh, not so much sometimes. Ask him and let us know. All right. I'll ask Scott Max of what he did bad when he was a child. Right now it's 618. i got to get out of here, Nicole. Good talking to you. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your day as well at 618. And you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. One word, that's one word we have for today's weather, and it is blah. Not much happening today. It's going to be partly cloudy, overcast for a little bit all the afternoon. Reaches about the upper 40s maybe this afternoon. Not really warm, not really cold, sort of blah. More of the same tonight. Lows dipping into the low 30s. Not too much close to freezing, though. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 AM 750 WSB. Tom is out in Snellville and joins us this morning. Hey, Tom, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm fabulous, Tom. How can I help? 
Many, many years ago, you helped me to identify a sparkleberry bush, if you remember. Awesome. Yeah, sparkleberries uh, are not that common, but they're around. They're well, they are very, mine is very, very big, but that's not what I called you for. Um, I always have luck uh, growing red potatoes, but I never cover them. I never backfill them. Uh Um, I always let them get about to be, well, three to four feet tall when they get the purple flower on them. And it starts getting hot, and I know they're ready to dig. Sure. Now, last year, I made a box about 14 inches deep, and I put four-by-fours in the corners uh, upright. And mm-hmm. as they came up, I would cover about one-third of them with a nice mulch and a composition, a decomposition pile that I keep. Yeah. And as they got bigger and bigger and bigger, I covered one-third of them. Just and stacked it up the size so that you could continue to get it higher and higher above the ground. Yeah, and, and as as they got higher and higher, I would backfill about one-third of them. Okay. So and what's the question? I, I got nothing. Wow! I, I have done this with tires. I mean, I have done this several different ways. One year, we did it with tires. This is back when yes, I was doing television. I, we just stacked tires on top of each other, and we were easily up five tires high and got a reasonably good harvest of yeah. potatoes out of the the stuff that was inside the tires. We I did it one year nothing. with um, a plastic bag on a, on a, I believe it was a tomato cage, I guess. We put a plastic bag around it and put the hay, put some real, real wet decomposed hay in there. Yeah, and I, and I got nothing. Now, yesterday when I went out to Loganville to get my potato seeds, um, I was talking to a guy out there, and he says he's never uh, backfilled his. What he does is um, just buried them as deep as he could buried them. And I said, well, how deep is that? And he says, oh, 18, 20 inches deep. No. That was my question, because normally I only put them about six or eight inches deep. I wouldn't even put them that deep. Most of the time, you can get potatoes to uh, sprout and give you new Irish potatoes, or in your case, as you say, red potatoes. Just putting them, just sort of mashing them into the ground. I never do I put my six or eight or 15 or 20 inches down in the ground, unless it was hugely aerated soil. I don't think they could breathe. Because I I, um, I I had better luck putting them about six or eight inches deep and just letting them get real tall. And when they start falling over and dying, that's when I start digging them up. My friend Charlie Tucker, my boss in Clayton County Extension Office, said, you know, you can't argue with success. And so if you have had success doing it your way for several years, I say, Tom, keep on doing it that way. And why they did not form any potatoes inside that uh Big box stacked up on top of each other? I don't know. That's a good question. But a lot of people do it the way I do it, with tires and with bags and things like that, and get potatoes very nicely. In the next half hour, I'll talk a little bit more about that. How about that, Tom? It's 628. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden right after news. Hot potato, hot potato, 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 potato. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 6.36 on a Saturday morning, 34 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to tell you how to do potato growing, either on your patio or in your garden, but potato growing by stacking things around the growing, elongating potato plants. We had the conversation just earlier before the break, and if you have never done this, and I'm imagining there are a lot of folks who have never done this, it's really, really fascinating and interesting 
to grow potatoes in a, I guess you call it an artificial mound. So what you do in your garden, let's say we're doing it in the garden. So you go out to your garden this afternoon, if you've got some time, if you don't feel like going outside when it's cold weather, you can wait till it's warm. But you take a shovel and shovel up an area about two, foot, two feet square. Just shovel up, make it nice and rich, and maybe put a little tin, tin, tin in there, a little scant handful of tin, tin, tin in this roughened up area. And then take seed potatoes. Now you wonder what are seed potatoes, not potato seeds. Seed potatoes are Irish potatoes or red potatoes, as we were talking with the guy earlier, that you have cut apart into usually quarters, maybe into thirds, depending on how many eyes there are on the potato. But you take a potato that has not been sprayed to keep it from sprouting. You grocery store folks a lot of times will spray their potatoes, and so you have to go to a nursery and get seed potatoes because theirs have not been sprayed to keep them from sprouting, and you want them to sprout. So you take a potato from the nursery, slice it into two or three pieces. Each one should have at least one, preferably two little bumpy little eyes coming out of it. And on this roughed up place, get back in the garden. So a roughed up place where you've uh, dug the ground up and put some fertilizer down. You put one of the seed potatoes every six inches. Let me hold it in front of the microphone here. About every six inches apart underneath. All right, in the ground, just sort of mash them down good. You don't need to be 20 or 30 inches down or anything like that. Just get that seed potato piece mashed down in the ground. You water it. Wait a couple of days. Wait a week, maybe. And the seed potato pieces will sprout. They'll have little green sprouts that will gradually, as you know, they'll elongate. They'll get one inch, two inches, three inches, four inches, five inches long. And when the seed potato or the seed potato seed, or the seed piece, has gotten about six inches high, you take dirt from around that area and sort of pile it up against the, against the stem so that it is only exposing two or three leaves at the top. And then you wait another week or two, and it grows and it grows and it grows, another six inches high, more dirt from around there, rotted leaves, rotted hay, whatever you can to surround the stem of the potato. You mash it up and sort of pile it up again. And then over the next two or three weeks, the stem continues to elongate, and you continue to pile things up around the potato, making a mound, sort of a two, two-and-a-half-foot, I guess, uh, mound in the garden. And then by, let's call it late April, you stop trying to pile anything up. It really won't be growing very tall then. It'll be sort of spreading out. And you just let it grow. Let the potato grow there in its mound for the next two, three, four weeks in April. By the 1st of June, when you see the uh, first, two, uh, yeah, first two weeks in uh, June, you see the plants will start turning yellow. And that means they are ready to kick out for the summertime. You don't need to have any leaves anymore. And you sort of take your shoes or a spading fork or something, and you, pile, you uh, get into that pile of leaves and soil. And inside that leaves, there are potatoes. There are Irish potatoes, little ones, big ones, all sorts of sizes of white potatoes, Irish potatoes. It's wonderful. Ashley Frasca knows that you can get d- d- sort of the design, the instructions on how to do this using a big plastic tub and nothing but white perlite that you can get from a nursery. Go to Pike, get a big bag of perlite, and you put the uh, seed potatoes in there and then pile the perlite up around them in a tub. And then when it's uh, time to, to harvest them in June, flip it over and you've got all these little clean white potatoes. If you need some details on any of this, if none of this makes any sense to you, but you're sort of intrigued by the whole thing, you go to my website and just type in, I don't know, Irish potato or Irish or potato, and you'll get the article that tells how to make the pile that piles up. And that's the way you can. That's one way, anyway, of, of planting Irish potatoes in a garden. Coming from April, from uh, Fayetteville, Georgia, April joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, April, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm fabulous. How can I help, April? 
Um, I have a um, lake lot on Lake Sinclair, and um, I have cleared it um, and just kind of wanting to know the best type of grass to plant. I know some of my neighbors who have established grass do not have sprinkler systems. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, I just wanted your you know, input on that. We're going to probably be done feeding here in the spring. So. Wow. How much sun does it get, April? Um, it gets morning sun. The afternoon sun sets behind us. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how many, how many hours. I mean, I, that'll make a lot of difference. If you, if you think it's partial sun, it never really gets really bright, which is not doesn't sound like your case at all, um, you could use Bermuda grass or zoysia. But because it seems like there's the sun is setting behind you and maybe some shadows and shade over a good bit of the lawn in the afternoon, zoysia is not a bad choice at all. Zoysia grass, okay. easy to grow, vigorous, chokes out weeds. What else do you want? It's zoysia grass. Is there much slope to the property or is it flat? No, it's, it's definitely sloped. But by just a little bit, or water just rolls, rolls down it like a, like a river when it rains? Um, just a little bit. I mean, the um, land guy that's kind of, you know, cleared and everything has, anyway, it's, yeah, just, it would just be like a gentle slope. If I'm not shown any other evidence to the contrary, I think zoysia would be your, be your choice. Any specific type of zoysia? I have zoysia on my, you know, primary property, so I don't, I mean, I know there's a lot of different varieties. Uh, Zenith works great. Zeon is real tough, so the two Zs are what I typically tell people to get. Zeon or Zenith. Okay. They'll work. And again, okay, you. you know, I haven't seen your property. I can't really be held responsible for any advice I make oh, on yeah. it. No, but towards me, I think I'd go towards the zoysia grass. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. April, it's great talking to you. Thanks for calling. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. Joe's up and coming. Georgia waiting patiently for his turn. Here it is. Hey, Joe, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you doing today? I'm fabulous, man. How can I help? Well, yes, sir. I've got a long driveway that's got woods on both sides of it. Mm-hmm. And the previous owner went and planted a Bermuda sod, probably six to eight feet wide on each side of it. Huh. Okay. And he did not listen to the man on the radio on Saturday morning <laughs> saying, you need more than two hours of sun. <laughs> so uh, I was wondering if you could tell me how I can first get the Bermuda grass up and uh, then what I can plant there, maybe like a ground cover or yeah. something that's very shade tolerant. Ooh, wee, 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 wee. And how long is the driveway? Oh, 50, 60 feet, something like that. But it doesn't have to be an all, you know, the whole length of it, maybe yeah. just spots of it. Some of it gets a little sun, so it's... I'm kind of worried because i got some erosion going on there. Yeah. It's real dense. I mean, I'm thinking monkey grass is the only thing I can think of that sort of is a ground cover and spreads and tolerates shade pretty well. Monkey grass, Lirio, maybe. Uh, again, not seeing the situation exactly because I'm on radio and not on TV. It's hard to hard to make a real judgment about the sun availability there. But I'm thinking monkey grass, maybe. Asiatic jasmine, maybe. It uh, would get a little bit tall, so you'd have to mow it down every every um, every spring. Boy, that's all I can think of right now, Joe. Is just okay. putting monkey grass in the middle. That's it is evergreen. It'll tolerate plenty of shade. There are two kinds of monkey grass if you want to look around and see if you can find the spreading monkey grass. It's called Liriope spicata. And if you go to a nursery and you say, well, I want some monkey grass, they say, well, do you want the clumping kind or the spreading kind? I think you want the spreading kind for this driveway. All right. Liriope spicata. Will yeah. do. All right. Hey, thank you much. It's good talking to you, Joe. All right. Bye-bye. Let's go to Chris. Chris, she is in Doraville, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Chris. Good morning. 
Good morning, Walter. How can I help? Called to find if uh, your uh, Daphne is blooming yet. Mine is not outside, at least before the snow day. I didn't go out and check yesterday. But uh, I have forced now two two nice bouquets in the kitchen, and it's smelling wonderful. And gave some to my mom and dad out in Snellville, too. But, uh, boy, it's been a cold winter. Yeah, and I would have to say that the Daphne next to my house and next to the street are not blooming yet. But I know at least one is because I had a bad experience with it blooming earlier this week. What? You, I don't know if you have the same problem I do, Chris, with static electricity. But oh, if you gosh. get and out of your car, too. and the first thing you do after you get out of the car is you touch the handle or something to close the door, yeah. and you go, and it just snaps you real bad, and jerk, and say an ugly word. Well, last uh, what Monday or Tuesday, I guess it was, I was at a friend's house, and I opened up the door to my car, did not touch the handle, but went over uh, two or three feet beside her driveway to smell the newly opened Daphne flower. Oh, no. And it hit me right on the nose. And oh, I was my. just so mad, and I did say a big, ugly word. Wow. And so I know hers is blooming, but mine, not quite, it doesn't seem like. My Camellia japonica has got buds all over it, and yeah. not a narrow one has opened up yet. Narrow either. one. Now, the quince is trying out there, but it got I think it probably got burned pretty bad that on the yeah, cold, but, cold the, morning, but the white quince, I saw a white quince down the street from my house, and the white, oh, it bloomed, you know, a little sporadic, but it bloomed about two weeks ago, but there are plenty of buds on the white uh, quince still left to open up if it gets warm again. I spent many an afternoon straightening nails for my dad <laughs> as a kid, and it was, uh, it was nice to think about that, remembering. I'm sure if he's listening out in Snellville, he'll what, appreciate that. Tell too. me what you did with those straightened nails then, Chris. Well, we used them, my goodness. To, to do what? Well, whatever what needed being done. <laughs> <laughs> they were just there in a cigar box with all the other loose screws and bolts and nuts. Yeah, exactly. Then you pulled one out if you needed one. Chris, it's crazy that we all have the same memory of straightening nails. That, is, that is really funny. Dad and Mom, you know, they grew up... Uh, Grew up Just, poor during the Depression. Well, exactly. Right after the Depression in the late 30s and yeah. 40s, and there wasn't a whole lot around, so... I'll be done. Made use of what you have. Yeah, made use of what you have. Now I go to Home Depot or Lowe's and buy my nails. I don't straighten Not me. I've got a box, a cigar box out in the in the shed that I <laughs> straighten nails with. <laughs> of course, I don't have much to do here in Georgia. <laughs> well, Chris, it's great talking to you. And I hope your Daphne comes out and has lots and lots and lots of blooms real quick. Me too. All right. See, see, you, see you soon, Chris. Straightening nails. Oh, my Lord. It has a lot of memories associated with straightening nails. Laura's in Mapleton, Georgia, and she joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, yes, hi, Laura. Walter. Good morning. What can I do for you, Laura? So I'm asking about the horticultural oil that I used yes. last year. Yes. Is it still good to be used? I have like almost a little, um, a half a of that bottle thing. Uh -huh. Is it still good to it, use it Unless here? it is separated, can you look inside the container and see if it's separated into two layers? Uh, no, it's not. If it's not separated, then you're fine. Separation usually oh, okay. means it's gotten real cold and frozen and it'll make two weird layers that are hard to get to, to get back together again before you put it in a sprayer. Oh, okay. But as long as you just see sort of that clear, viscous uh, oil inside your container, you're fine, ready to go. My, no problem. Yeah, my, my, um, I, I, I'd like to understand, what, how, how does that work? Does the water get in the bottom of the container while it's being sprayed and mixed and mixes, or is just 
the oil that comes up in that little tube? I think it's a, a mixture of oil and water, but the oil is the is the effective stuff, the insecticidal stuff, because oil, when it coats scale or you know larvae yeah. or, or little bitty yeah. insects are hiding in the bark, that oil just suffocates them. So there is a little water, but the water is sort of a carrier to get the oil out out of the uh, nozzle, and okay. then the oil itself does the does the bug killing job it needs to. So the whole thing is not being mixed with water inside the bottle then? No, it should okay, not be mixed Okay, okay, okay. Oh, and water, my husband still straightens nails <laughs> to fix the fence. <laughs> All right, we've had five callers in a row. Yeah, he I still straightens nails. He takes that nail that's there, straightens right. it, and put it right back. Well, give him I a, don't know about that, though. Yeah, that is a perfect thing to do with a nail. You've got to do straighten your nails. Don't waste your nails. That is important. Laura, thanks so much for calling. It's 648, and you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates four times an hour all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 4.30 till 9, for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Scott and Ashley thought of the exact best job you could do on a day like today, and that is mow your monkey grass down. Those of you who have monkey grass or liriope as a border or as something else in your landscape and you want it to look a lot better in just a couple of weeks, mow it down today to about two inches high. That's what will make your garden look better. That's a good gardening thing on a day like today. Cloudy skies all day long, no rain. Afternoon highs in the upper 40s. In the overnight hours, skies remain cloudy. A slim, slim, slim chance of scattered showers tonight. Overnight lows in the low 30s. Stay tuned. At last, most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. we got John on the line, Monticello, Georgia. Hey, John. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, John. What's up? Hey, I was back in October walking in the National Forest, and I find these trees, about 25 of them. Yeah. That I picked one of the fruit and leaves took home and looked online, and everything says Myers lemon, but these had thorns on them about two inches long. Big time. And the again, I throw this out sometimes, and I say all those people on 285 right now who know the answer, because there are hunters and hikers and folks like that who've run into the exact same thing, John, and then got it identified as a citrus plant, but not a Meyer lemon. Most okay. citrus plants have pretty similar sort of glossy deep green leaves on them, sometimes divided into three leaflets, sometimes into five little leaflets. And yours, that you found in the woods, is called trifoliate orange. Uh, be good for anything? Uh, <laughs> I'm told that a gallon, no, a barrel of sugar, a barrel of water, and one orange, or trifoliate orange, would make great lemonade. So you, it ain't worth a lot. No, it's not. Um, I'm sure the creatures of the woods eat the fruit and scatter the seeds. That's why you saw yeah. that big uh, area of them all growing together. But the trifoliate orange has thorns. You saw them. Oh, man, oh, man, John. They are yep. two, three inches long. They are sharp. And woo, you don't want to get bit by one of those. No, you don't. <laughs> all right. Well, I appreciate it. Trifoliate orange. Look it up. You'll see what I'm talking about. Trifoliate orange. T-R-I-F-O-L-I-A-T-E. Trifoliate orange. And uh, some people, hey, you're looking at a guy right now who has one in his yard, and mine is actually called Flying Dragon. It has very curved thorns on it, like a like an eagle's uh, claws. Flying Dragon is the one that I have. Very interesting for 
plant nerds like me. It's 657, 658 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden right after news. The blue, blue sky and all that I can see is just a yellow lemon tree. Turning my head up and down I'm turning, 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 turning around And all that I can see Is just another lemon tree